Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode number 11, titled A Simple Act of Kindness. I am going to tell you up front that in this episode, I may hurt your feelings. I may get under your skin. I may make you really angry because I may go against some of your beliefs. But you know what? I don't really care. And you know why? I kind of decided this after I spoke with a friend of mine the other day who listens to my podcast. And this, of course, is a person whose opinion I value. Anyway, Brenna told me that she listened to one of my podcast episodes titled A Nature is Worthless. And it made her really angry because she realized how things in our world needed to change and how slow people were to make those changes. But you see, you must understand that this is part of my goal here. And I thought about this after I, after I had my conversation with Brenna. And what I want to do here, of course, is to make you question the norm. I want to make you question how you live, what you do, and I want to stimulate your thinking processes and get you to take one simple step in the right direction of positive change and, of course, toward sustainability. But I also want you to know that this episode is really somewhat more of a philosophical discussion, I guess. Um, a thought process and the production of this episode started with the simple question of what if now you may find this funny in an odd sort of way but I was sitting on my couch the other morning at 5:30 a.m and I was reading a book that was basically about international relationships Well, you know, it's likely a great leap of faith for you to believe that during my early morning coffee drinking and reading that I actually experienced somewhat of an epiphany, if you will. So what I mean by this is that something fascinating occurred to me regarding the concepts of sustainability. So instead of my spouting on and on all day long about recycling and how much we waste um, how how much waste we produce Uh, talking about growing a garden perhaps even verbally beating you over the head if you will with a large bag of locally grown produce I just simply want to propose a completely different idea 
So what I am proposing is that sustainability has just as much to do with relationships as it has to do with solar panels. Sustainability has just as much to do with relationships as it has to do with recycling. Sustainability has just as much to do with relationships as it has to do with being a smart consumer. Someone told me once that the best time to make a friend is when you don't need one. Now, bear with me and, and allow me to explain that. You see, whether you like it or not, while you sit quietly in your living room at night, watching a good movie, relaxing, maybe drinking a beer, you are directly affected by the globalization that we are now experiencing. And yes, I know very well that it has its benefits and its downsides, just, just like anything else. And see, even I have learned this valuable, if not painful, lesson. You know, as much as I pride myself on being independent, living sustainably, living off the grid in the middle of the forest, I learned a very valuable lesson just a few years ago. I learned that as hard as I try to be independent, I can still directly feel the effects of our national leadership and our national politics. And you know, because of the way I live and where I live, you know, I may actually have one up on many people if the zombie apocalypse ever really happens. But I learned in a very real way that I cannot escape the effects of our national politics and globalization. But that's really a very different story and not the subject of this episode, but I want to bring this up just to make a point. Now, for the most part, I really try not to focus too much on national and global problems. And I do this because such things for most people can really seem very overwhelming, even for the most astute and educated person. But I like to bring things down to a community level or a personal level simply because it's so much easier for each of us to see how we can be a part of that and, of course, be a part of making some positive change. But the thing to understand is that we, in fact, have global problems. And these global problems are shared by a global community. And climate change, of course, is a perfect example. That's an enormous issue that affects us all. And that problem is not going to be solved by just one nation acting on its own accord. It will require global cooperation with a focus on sustainability. And you know, here's where I think I'm going to perhaps hurt some feelings and I may even perhaps lose some listeners. And some of you may cut this episode off at this point. But in my opinion, 
this political business about America first really truly should not be what's called a zero-sum strategy. Now, in case you're not familiar with that, zero-sum is a situation in game theory in which one person's gain is equivalent to another person's loss. So the, the net change here in wealth or benefit is, of course, zero. Now, in my opinion, this is how our country approaches our international relationships. We focus more on our gain and far less on the greater good of the global community. Now, as far as foreign policy is concerned, you know, I know that many of you out there are right now probably screaming at me and saying, why should we care? You know, and don't we have enough problems in our own backyard? And in fact, if that's how you feel, that was the sentiments that were echoed by 73% of respondents in, a, in an April 2017 poll that was focused on using tax dollars as foreign aid. But what most people do not realize is that providing foreign aid is similar to making a friend when you don't need one. It not only promotes economic prosperity, but it also opens new trading opportunities for the United States. And now, what happens, you know, it is well known that cases such as in areas of the world where there's extreme poverty and scarce resources, ineffective governance, and very weak institutions, those types of situations creates leadership vacuums that are very quickly filled by violent extremist groups that are simply built on their own agendas regardless of international diplomacy and in total disregard of human rights. In fact, according to the Friends Committee on National Legislation, investing $1 in prevention actually saves the world $10 in post-conflict recovery costs. And by their estimations, preventing a war is 60 times cheaper than fighting one. Now, please indulge me for a moment and allow me to, of course, give you a personal example. Some 20 years ago, I met this guy named Tom. And at the time, Tom had several young children. And Tom and I met through uh, a mutual friend. And despite our momentary rough start, we became very good friends. I've watched Tom's children grow into adults. They've gone to college. They've gotten married. And even witnessed them buying their first home and helping them move into that home. So needless to say, Tom and I have really known each other for, for a very long time. And during those years, we have helped each other through numerous difficult times, sometimes even showing up at each other's house in the middle of the night with some sort of emergency. 
And each time, we willingly helped each other without question and really truly no expectation other than our continued friendship. So my point being, if one family needs something, the other does not hesitate to ask or to help. This is just simply the concept of trust and reciprocity, which builds long-term relationships. And that's what it is like to have good friends and good neighbors. So let's switch gears here for just a minute. But bear with me because there is a point to this discussion, but I want to take a moment to throw out just a brief little list of global issues. There's food scarcity and malnutrition, water scarcity, habitat and biodiversity loss, marine conservation issues, human rights issues, of course, climate crisis, clean energy, overconsumption, overpopulation, deforestation, lack of gender equality, ecological collapse, pollution, violence and corruption, lack of security, lack of education, and the list goes on and on and on. But you see, all of these things also affects our focus and our ability to work toward a sustainable future. If we were all in a room and I gave you this presentation that starts out with this huge list of global problems and then I end the discussion with, oh, by the way, please rush out and buy some solar panels. That is not going to be the best way to promote the long-term behavior that builds a sustainable world. My point here is that to solve such vast and enormous issues that we're faced with today, we must stop looking inward. Me first, me first, me first. You know, instead of America first, maybe it should be humanity first. This is the only way we will ever have a cooperative global community in order to solve the massive global problems that we are faced with today. And it's the only way that we are going to move toward a sustainable future. But how do I bring this back to earth, so to speak? How shall I bring this down to a personal level? And Sometimes, of course, you know, I always think of stories and little uh, instances that have occurred in my own life that I can point out, because I think maybe that's how most people can perhaps relate to this on a personal level. But about 10 years ago, I was on a, on a trip to Ecuador, and I was staying in a little community called Banos. And Banos sits um, on the edge of a... Uh, volcanic plateau and above Banos is one of the most active volcanoes in Ecuador and it's called Tungurahua but it's also one of the gateways into the, the Amazon basin so Banos actually sees quite a bit of traffic so at the time of my visit the volcano was very active but it was only really erupting on a on a small scale so I got this harebrained idea, I guess, that I wanted to see the volcano and I acquired locally 
about the trail that led up to the volcano. So needless to say, the trail was very steep and not to mention the elevation that I was dealing with. And so I investigated the trail and it soon became obvious that I needed some physical conditioning in order to make this sort of hike. So every day I would go out and I would hike portions of the trail. And then I even purchased this 10 pound bag of rice to put in my pack for additional weight. So one morning I started out early, started on the trail, slowly, 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 like a little turtle, huffing and puffing. And then suddenly I am passed by what I assumed was an 80 year old woman carrying a very heavy pack loaded with staple foods passed me and left me in the dust, so to speak. So I truly was at the same time amazed at her physical conditioning, but also kind of insulted. You know, I pride myself on being in good condition and hiking all the time. And I was amazed and just, I thought, how could she possibly have the stamina that she has at her age. So I continued my conditioning and several days later I finally reached the point high on the side of the mountain where this woman lived with a, seemed like a much older gentleman who I presumed was her husband. But they lived in a small home made of homemade bricks with a metal roof and this man would come out for walks and very slowly walking around the property with with a cane. It then became obvious to me why his wife had such physical stamina. These people were so very poor and obviously they couldn't afford a horse or a donkey for transportation. So the only way they got food and staple supplies to their home was for her to hike back and forth to town on a regular basis. Now with all of my travels and all the desperately poor villages I have worked in over time, I must say that I was enormously moved by their situation. So moved, in fact, that I introduced myself, I had a very nice long conversation and I was then invited into their home. I was sort of taken back with how it was very basic and very rudimentary living situation. Uh, and they even had chickens living in the house with them. And I was surprised at how they managed to do what they were doing at their age. So by the time I left, I felt as if I had actually made a new friend and would be welcome in their home anytime I came back. But as I was leaving, I reached in my pack and I gave them the 10 pound bag of rice. The older gentleman had tears streaming down his face as I received what I think was the best hug I have ever had in my entire life. An embrace of gratitude after a simple act of kindness. Now I pose the question, what if each nation treated each other the same way? What if we all treated each other the same way? 
a simple act of kindness. Yes, we are faced with massive global problems. Solving those problems will not be accomplished by looking inward, but by looking outward. In today's global community, we cannot afford to keep focusing on America first. We are looking inward, not outward, and we are asking all the wrong questions. You see, as a people, you see, as a people, it does not matter so much what we have done. It only matters what we are going to do. And it also matters to the world what that has to do with them. This is how we move forward as a global community and tackle the enormous task of building a sustainable future. As you already know, if you have listened to some of my previous episodes, I am one of those fortunate people that has no neighbors. But that was not always the case. There, there was a time when I was actually living in suburbia, believe it or not. And what always amazed me is how long I lived in the same location. And I never really knew any of my neighbors. This, but this was not the case when I was growing up in Tennessee. And it was certainly not the case when I was living in a, in a very small village on St. Kitts while I was working for a university. Everyone knew everyone, yet everyone also seemed to maintain a certain amount of personal distance so as not to be in the middle of your business all the time. And while this may seem annoying by American personal standards, the ancillary benefit of this was a certain amount of personal security. For example, the children in the neighborhood were watched closely by everyone. The houses in the neighborhood were watched closely by everyone. If something was happening that was illegal, not only did everyone know about it, but the people committing such acts never really got away with it. And I specifically remember an incident when one one child actually went missing. Literally, everything was shut down. Businesses, traffic, part of the university, neighbors, and many other people who did not even know the family involved stopped everything to search for this child. And yes, there was a happy ending. But you see, this is the kind of neighbors that we should be. This is the kind of international neighbors that we should be. I, you know, I think that we can all agree that in so many ways right now, we are living in unprecedented times, but now is the time to build those relationships that will help us build a global, sustainable future. My challenge for you this week is twofold. And as you know, I I can't get away with producing an episode without giving you a challenge. But I simply want you to ask yourself, what is it that you stand for? What is it that your country stands for?
then I want you to take the time to commit a simple act of kindness and think about how such actions as a person, as a people, and as a nation would help us move toward a global, sustainable future. As most of you likely know these days, you know, there there are a lot of people who really don't like the Americans, really don't like Americans, or maybe you don't even know this, or maybe you would not even know this unless you've traveled and lived abroad. But that opinion of Americans is something that we can change. What we should all strive for is to be the kind of person that when someone thinks of you, they should be saying, thank God you exist in my life. What people should be thinking at night in the last 10 seconds before they drift off asleep is, thank God the United States exists. As a person, as a people, and as a nation, we are not going to take our place in the global community, nor are we ever going to take the lead into a sustainable future unless we change the way we behave. We should all default toward generosity. Reach for a simple act of kindness and we all reach toward a sustainable future. We have to act as good neighbors, good nations, and good people if we are to solve our global problems. Yet, all of that can start with a simple act of kindness. Well, folks, that's it for this week. I hope you will join me next week for another episode. And please remember, if you have enjoyed this material, then please subscribe to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast, as well as my blog, Off-Grid Living News. And also, if you would be so kind as to leave me with a review, I would really, truly, greatly appreciate your time and efforts. So that is it for now, folks. This is your host, Patrick, signing off. And remember, always live sustainably.